Welcome to Faith City Outreach, where your host, Marina Maria, reaches out to the world to discuss Christian topics and providing biblical solutions, as well as praying for the nations. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The music in this broadcast is provided courtesy of Zapsplat.com. Now, here is your host, Marina Maria. Scripture, Zechariah 2.5, over Faith City Outreach, where the Lord says, And I myself will be a wall of fire around it, declares the Lord, and I will be its glory within. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Judah Montenegro, who is a published author, an aerospace engineer, a public speaker, and an ordained minister. Thank you, Judah, for being on Faith City Outreach to share about the book God led you to write about called The Science of Faith. Judah, when did God touch your heart to write this book? Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you for having me here on Faith City Outreach. It's such a, a blessing, and um, I know that God is working, and God is going to use this um time to encourage and to stimulate someone's faith in Jesus name um, this book um, called the the science of faith um, it, it's been um, years in progress I remember um, in my early college years I, I started um, just encouraging myself through ways of thinking and I knew that God is just so great God is so much bigger than our thoughts so much more than we could even understand humanly speaking mm -hmm. um, and and I started just investigating I started um, learning I started just doing research for fun never I, I never thought I would uh, write a book um, but there in the college class we were learning about physics literally and the instructor was saying some things about physics and math and and I started to just correlate and understanding that the spiritual world has depths and uh, it, that's where it started coming and so it was a process, years uh, in the making. Um, and then I finally just went for it. And one year I said, I'm going to write a book. I have to. I need to be able to encourage someone through this uh, revelation knowledge that God's given me. So what do you think God's purpose for you to write this book is? Um, my purpose, um, I'm so glad you asked because I, I want to make it known or make sure that it's well aware that my purpose is not to write another doctrine. My purpose is not to write a new faith. My purpose is not to um, start a new um, era of Christianity. And absolutely not. Um, my purpose is to simply um, stimulate someone's faith. My purpose is for someone to grab a hold of this information and that it may feed our faith and understand that God is so much more real than we could even understand or we give credit to or we sometimes forget or we stop and get distracted by the things of this world um, on day-to-day -day things and we, we forget how much more real God is in our lives and in, in, the, in, in general. When I thought about the title, The Science of Faith, I could imagine people questioning in their minds, is there really science and faith? Most people do not know or 
have heard that science and mathematics is connected to the Bible. Absolutely. Um, faith and science and the Bible and mathematics and physics. Um, faith is, is, is a substance of the things hoped for, evidence of the things unseen evidence and when i think of evidence that word it just takes me to science science is, is evidence it's logical language it uses math and science and physics as a mathematical logical language in order to um, describe a natural world a natural phenomenon so when we um, look at these two it, the bible is so full of science and faith and, and mathematics and logical explanations, but we just got to dig and we have to put on our uh, science brains and our uh, logical thinking and dig for that which is found right there. Now, were there challenging areas to write about when you were writing this book? Absolutely. Um, the, one, just writing it. I, I don't consider myself a, a completely fluent in writing and an avid writer so I'm more of a numbers guy <laughs> so I, I definitely had challenges in writing getting down and having that discipline to write um, that was one challenge just getting on there and and I never thought I would be an author first of all I didn't think I was gonna be an author or um, just to to think of myself as a writer or an author but that was one challenge um, another challenge is just the the complexity of the language and the topic is diving in and you're going to um, in an established world of physics and you're already going in a world that has been established of science and mathematics and then in order and now to bring the theology aspect it's um, it's definitely challenging. It, it, you can't just um, make up things. It has to be um, credible. And that was another challenge. I wanted to make sure that my ideas were credible. And it's not just my opinion, mm -hmm. not just uh, my thoughts and random thinking, but it's actual solid credibility. So that was another challenge. Um, and then throwing it out there, um, just these thoughts were so intimate to me. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking, would I ridicule myself if I, you know, write this? And I, so that was very uh, scary at first because I didn't know how people will react and how people will, would uh, just, you know, feel with this topic. Because it sounds a little controversial, but uh, my point is that it may stimulate our faith. And, you know, I have to tell you that it did for me. When I saw the title, for me, because of my past history in mathematics, mm -hmm. was not very positive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did yeah. fail a math class mm -hmm. in college. Mm -hmm. And so it took me back to that place, and it took me back to not being very good in science. Got it, got but um, it also created a... Uh, great a greater curiosity in me to go back to genesis in the bible nice yep. and i started to hear that when um before you came mm. uh for this interview and 
I am so excited to go back to it and read again. And now this time, take notes. Yeah, absolutely. So it was, it's so quite interesting for me. Um, it's almost as if God just opened up and I did pray about it too. I prayed to God that he would help me understand. And you know that when we ask, we receive. Amen. Absolutely. Well, the Bible's full of um, such great information. And it says, ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be, the door shall be open. Amen. And that is a promise. Amen. In your website, I read that the reader of your book, The Science of Faith, will learn about how the Bible refers to time, space, and matter in comparison to how science refers to these subjects. Please share your biblical knowledge and the revelation that the Holy Spirit is giving you about time, space, and matter. You know what? I am so fired up. So I want to start off with with science. Yes. You know, just defining the word science. Okay. Mm -hmm. So science is um, the logical explanation of a natural observation. So let me say that again. It's it's a logical thinking and it's explain explaining it logically, but it, it it explains the natural observations, natural things, natural phenomenons that we experience. Um, and in math and physics, it's the language that science uses in order um, to give these explanations. Mathematics literally is a language. Um, that is used in, in the natural world to explain the natural phenomenon. And then physics takes on these ideas and uses math to literally explain the natural phenomenon. So, And in science, simple science, it's real easy. It's really black and white. It's very yes and no. It's very, But the more you go into the depths of science and math, and, and there's so much variability of the natural world. There's so much um, depths and, and you start losing the grasps of the yes and no and it becomes more of statistics and probability and it becomes more of uh, um, this is my best educated guess. And we could dive into different mathematical and different, um, um, you know, biological information and science um, industries, but... That's what science is. It, it's, it's that. So when we talk about time in, in the science language, it, it's a chronological time. It's a, uh, there's a beginning, there's an end, there's time, there's minutes, hours, seconds, milliseconds, microseconds. There is even years and, and decades. We just entered a new decade. Happy New Year, everyone, right? <laughs> <laughs> there is a centuries and millennials and there is... There's time, right? That's how we see it. But even in science, there's uh, different um, scientific explanations of time where it starts breaking down, where time becomes relative, depending on uh, um, different aspects of your um, situation. Um, and one aspect we could just quickly is um, Astronauts, when, and I write this in my book, uh, we, we hear about um, an astronaut, Scott Kelly, where he, he's in space for uh, over, uh, they call it the year mission, uh, over a hundred and something days in space. And um, time, he, he, and the cool thing about this experiment in, in science is that he has a twin brother. So his twin brother stays here on, on Earth, and this astronaut goes in orbit. And a year later, he comes back and reunites, and they both, the twins, they both had a, time, a watch on. 
And this watch is a very, very precise instrument that is very, very, um, uh, very precise. So, and they compare the watches and the astronaut Scott Kelly that went to space, his, his clock is off by a minute or, or, or very, like a few, a very little time. It's off though. It does not match. So it, it starts really messing with our brains and our thoughts. Like what? How could time be relative in, in a in where I always have known it as something that is st structured and rigid? So scientifically, time is, um, it's a beautiful thing and it's been studying and time travel has always been a, a really cool thing but it, it's um, there's so much depth there space now scientifically or naturally speaking space is um, the visual space that we, we could see we could walk forward backwards side to side left and right we could jump up and down that's the space a, a three-dimensional space and then matter also is something that we could experience with our five senses um, now, that's scientifically speaking. I, I kind of broke it down quickly, but now biblically uh, speaking, um, the world talks about this, or excuse me, the Bible talks about this spiritual world that is invisible, that is unseen. The Bible says that that which is seen was made by that which was not seen, that the things that are visible were made by the things that are invisible that are not visible so it, it talks about the spiritual world and that fascinates me um the bible talks about time and and it talks about god's time in that higher level of spirituality time ceases to exist time is no more time is um irrelevant and and that right there that starts kind of messing with me because it's at a higher dimension. And we'll get into some of the dimensions and explain what dimensions are, but um, it, it's such a beautiful thing. So in other words, it's just kind of the spiritual world as we know it is just the shadows of what really exists in the huge phenomenon of the spiritual world. As humans, we may never be able to thoroughly understand. We may never be able to fathom what... The spiritual really is. Um, however, there is Bible talks, and and it, it, that's where it leads us to. Um, one example in the Bible, if I could kind of jump into, absolutely, is um, in the New Testament, in the book of Matthew, Luke, and Mark. Um, it talks about the mountain of transfiguration. And I write about this in my book, and this is, story is so fascinating to me as a logical thinker because it said that Jesus, he took his disciples, Peter, James, and John, and he said, hey, let's go to the mountain and pray. So he goes and he takes them, and while he was in the mountain, his face begins to shine and transfigure into a glory. And this is Jesus Christ here transfigured right before their eyes wow. and and the bible says that peter james and john they were frightened and they didn't know what to do and they kind of you know were afraid they i could imagine they covered their face they slouched down they tried to because there was a shining coming from the face of jesus and then the bible says that you could see that two individuals appeared before jesus christ which was moses and elijah 
And it, I, I start thinking about this and it blows my mind um, to understand, oh, wait, who is this Moses? This is Moses of the Old Testament. This was 12 to 1400 years in the past. So it, this starts kind of letting me know that in the spiritual realm, time necessarily doesn't exist. And then I start thinking about it. Could this be Moses? When in the Old Testament, 12 to 1400 years past, this he was having an encounter with the great I am. Mm. Can this be that same instance in the spiritual moment where Moses is speaking to God face to face as a friend speaks to another? And this this really starts, it, it just really catches my attention. It catches, it, it makes me understand that the spiritual realm is so much more deep, so much more greater, so much more um, just profound that we can understand. Could this be where it says in, in, in Genesis, in Exodus um, chapter 33, that God, that Moses speaks to face to face with the Lord? Or in Exodus 34, 28, where it says Moses spent 40 days and 40 nights and neither ate bread nor drank water. Or or could this be where Moses in Exodus chapter 20, verse 21, it says Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. And, and this kind of just it really intrigues me. Could this be the same instance in a spiritual moment where Jesus Christ, the Son of God, be and his full deity in Jesus being the great I am is speaking to Moses could this be it's almost like a connection from the present of the New Testament to the past the 1400 years ago in the past they unite in one moment in the spiritual realm mm. and, and this is it's a it's a it's so fascinating and then God spoke to me through this he said you know and Moses, he, he goes, he draws the near thick darkness. And I say, and I started thinking about this. This darkness could represent the hard times in our lives, right? Where we can't see the, the, the light at the end of the tunnel or we don't understand what's happening. And we're going through thick darkness in our life where we surrender and we can no longer do anything by our own strength. And is it so that God wants us to go through this darkness? He shuts off the light in our life so that we could see him face to face and that our life may be spared because the Bible says no man shall see God and live. And, and, and this is where it's at. It's where God transfigures the darkness into a shining brightness. And is that when uh, you refer to one of the higher spiritual dimensions? Yes, absolutely. Wow. A higher a spiritual dimension. So Keep going. Let me explain in mathematics, uh, uh, a mathematical dimension. So one plane, 1D, so everyone knows 3D, right? But let's go back to a 1D. 1D is a line. Let's say if you get a paper and a pencil and a white sheet of paper and you write one line, that's a one-dimensional object. But you're writing it on a two-dimensional object or two dimensions, which is a height and a length, right? That's two dimensions. You could draw pictures on a sheet of paper. A sheet of paper is known as a two-dimensional plane. 
two dimensions. Now, if you're drawing, right, on the sheet of paper and you're drawing and it's a two-dimensional plane, but then you decide to bring like, a, you know, a couple building blocks and you put it on top of this drawing and you start building up, that's three dimensions, okay? Now, three dimensions, you build up and, and you have now length, width, and depth, which is a height or a length, width, and height. That's three dimensions. Same thing when you go to a 3D movie, right? Or mm-hmm. you watch a 3D movie, you put on these glasses. It allows you to feel and experience that three-dimensional life, that three-dimensional world where the, the screen is popping out and you see these figures jumping out and you can almost touch them and you reach out. And um, So that's three dimensions. But now, mathematically, there is not only four dimensions, five dimensions, but it is mathematically proven in our natural world through mathematics that there could be up to 11 and 12 dimensions. Wow, that's the first time I've heard that. Absolutely. And four dimensions. You start thinking some scientists and physicists, they um, look at this fourth dimension as a time, which is, you know, there's it moves from here to here and one spot, one t- place in time, it's here and another place in time, it's over there. That's four dimensions. Now, five dimensions, I start thinking about this and us human beings, we cease to thoroughly understand because we are so natural. We think in two dimensions, three dimensions. We're programmed. We're programmed. Yeah, our natural human understanding only captures three-dimensional mm-hmm. thinking, mm-hmm. barely even three-dimensional. Because we understand you got to walk up and then walk back. That's three dimensions. But when you start start thinking of a fourth dimension, that's not saying I'm going to jump higher. That's not. That's still that three dimensions. That four dimensions, five dimensions. Now, this is where I begin to believe more of the Bible. Because that spiritual world now starts coming to place. Our soul now comes into place. And my theory, this is this is kind of just my thoughts here, and, and and you know it's not written in a science book or anything, but I feel that our soul may be that fifth or fourth dimension, and then our spirit, which is even deeper, becomes now the sixth or seventh or sixth and a half. I don't know. It's like a a, a deeper dimension where we experience now with God. And we experience with, now there's supernatural beings, there's angels, and then there's demons. The Bible speaks of higher dimensional beings. And now, if you read the Bible, and if you understand these higher dimensional, mathematically proven, then you start understanding how much more real the Bible is. When it talks about uh, spiritual forces and principalities and rulers of darkness mm-hmm. and, and angels and cherubims mm-hmm. and, and, and these just hierarchy in the heavenly realms, the Bible speaks of the second and third heavens. What does that mean? And now looking at it through this logical point of view, is it speaking of these higher dimensions of the world? Now, let me kind of say this. When a third dimensional object casts a shadow, when there's a light and it casts a shadow on a two dimensional plane, you could see the shadow, right? And you could see the shadow and you could, if you look just at the shadow, you could kind of understand what the three dimensional object looks like, but you're still obscure. You're still not totally understanding, but only until you reveal the third dimensional object where you could totally understand all the grasps. And think of like a cube, right? You put a cube on a sheet of paper and you cast a light on it and it casts a shadow onto this two-dimensional plane. Mm-hmm. Now, could it be that 
our understanding of God, the creator of the universe, the almighty, all-powerful, the, the, the one and only Jesus Christ, can it be that our understanding is merely just a shadow of what he really is in his greatness? And I'm not saying that God lives in a higher dimension. I say that God is the Lord of the dimensions. He may live in an infinite dimension, or even describing him as in a dimension is limiting him. Well, he's eternal. Absolutely. So in eternity, there's no such thing as time, mm-hmm. space, matter. It's, it's such a profound depth, and I love understanding this because I don't understand it. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I love Absolutely. Just jumping into these thoughts because it lets me know how much more God is so greater than I perceive him. And sometimes we put God into a, a bubble in a three dimension or maybe like this old man with a long white beard up in really high in space somewhere uh, sitting on a golden throne and governing over this world and God is so much more than that. It's it's so he is so much greater, and it, and I, even to describe him even, is hard to absolutely to describe him. Yes, he's indescribable. Our language, <laughs> our language starts, doesn't exactly. We don't even have the language to even describe him. Our language starts breaking down. <laughs> exactly. Our vocabulary. We need to reinvent new words. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, or to reinvent new combinations of words to understand even the depths and the greatness. And even then. I was going to say, and even then, it'll still be limited. <laughs> it will still be limited. And that's why I believe when we are glorified and go into he- so heaven, the Bible says that our eyes will be open. What does it mean for our eyes to be open? Will the veil of human understanding be lifted up and our eyes will see what no eye has seen. Our mm-hmm. ears will hear what no ear has heard. Our, you know, we will experience what we have never experienced. And I look forward to that. Amen. And you know what? You bring up a really important point because we can pray about that. Absolutely. We can ask God to open up our eyes of understanding, not only just Mm. understanding him, but understanding his word, the will that he has for our lives. Absolutely. Uh, I understand that through that, what I just mentioned here, right? God is so great, infinite. Imagine our prayers. Imagine your prayers, and and sometimes we think God doesn't hear us. Or Mm -hmm. What if our prayers are so deep and God grabs them and he's able to fix something in our future so that it will never happen and that we will be blessed, that we may be safe? Where we send prayers to our future, where we send prayers to our past. And I write about this in my book, and we probably don't have much time to dive into it, but... Sometimes even our prayers, they're supernatural prayers. They don't have limits of humans. So they're also a spiritual dimension. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, somebody prayed us into the kingdom, Mm. right? Yes. It it snatched us out of the grips of sin and slavery into sin and to the kingdom of the enemy. Through prayer, through, and that's why I'm a huge believer of prayer and, and connecting into the Lord because 
when we understand this, we understand our prayers and that the God that we serve is not mm-hmm. limited to. And God. he's a living God. He's alive. Not a dead God. He's alive. He's alive. He's more alive. Now than- today, t- tomorrow, and forever. Yes. Now look, those words, today, tomorrow, today, um, Yesterday and tomorrow. Yeah, yesterday, <laughs> today, language. yesterday, and tomorrow, that and forever. Explain our time experience, but God is even more than yesterday, today, mm-hmm. and tomorrow. God is even greater than the infinite understanding that we um, we perceive infinity. Um, let, let me give you this example in the Bible, Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse two. The Apostle Paul he has an experience. And it, this fascinates me because, I mean, like, let's look at it. It says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I don't know, or whether out of the body, I do not know. God knows such a one was caught up in the third heaven. Now, the apostle Paul has this experience. Could mm. it be that the Lord, through prayer or through some situation, mm. the Lord brought him out of that human dimension into a third heaven, which is a higher dimension? It could be four, fifth, sixth dimension, or where he. And then, if you keep reading, it says where I. There's things I cannot utter. There's mm-hmm. things I cannot speak of. It's mm. almost like his language doesn't capture anymore. And that's what you were referring to as. Not even our language can't even, will ever explain. get to the, explain. Yes. Yeah. Now imagine if you have the greatest vocabulary in the whole world. Even then. Even then, your, your eyes. <laughs> you're are, limited. You're limited. So <laughs> it's, it's, and in the Bible's full of these experiences. It talks about Elisha and Elijah and, and Enoch that Enoch walked with God 300 years and he was not for the Lord took him. What does that mean? And he did not taste death. He did not experience death. Enoch, because he walked with God. What does this mean? That the Lord came and he stuck his hand into this human dimension and mm-hmm. grabbed a hold of him and took him. Without and, him dying. Without him disconnecting humanly. <laughs> yeah, we can't even comprehend that. I can't right now. Yeah. I, that's where like it stimulates. And that's the purpose of the science of faith. This book that I wrote, I wrote about two years ago. And I want to give a thanks to my lovely wife that she inspired me. And back then she was my girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) And she's here today praying right now as we're talking. So shout out to Rebecca. I love you. Yes. Thank you, Rebecca. Um, She, um, she inspired me. She pushed me and she said, you got to write this book because I had doubts and and it's been a such journey. That's the purpose of this book is to stimulate faith. It is for someone to maybe if they're in a dry spell in their Christian walk or someone maybe going through hard times or someone maybe uh, I can imagine a worship leader that is maybe burnt out or a youth pastor that is burnt out or a mother, a single mother that is is, is in a hardship. Maybe she is is maybe struggling financially or a father that doesn't know how or where the money is going to come to pay the bills. But I pray right now that in the name of Jesus, you may be restored, that faith may yes. just grab a hold and that your faith may increase and understand that our God is greater and more powerful than we could ever imagine. And if we, we proclaim 
life into our situation, that God may transfigure that darkness into a bright shining, a shine, a shine that is bright that we can no man can understand. And that's where miracles happen. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I proclaim blessing provision i proclaim a faith uplifting a renewal of strength into that pastor that may be wanting to give up and says i don't know what to do anymore uh, that is struggling maybe with millennials in their church and doesn't know how to lead in the name of jesus christ i proclaim through faith and through the hearing of the word of god that you may be lifted up and that you may be encouraged and your strength may be um, grown in jesus name and that's the purpose of, of each other to continue to stimulate each other in faith and um, that's the purpose of this book to continue to stimulate our faith um, and, and even for those who let's yes. say have read the Bible several mm. times or yes. even numerous times mm. but they want a fresh new understanding mm. like you said just having an understanding a newer understanding. You know that each time we read the Bible, we get something new. Absolutely. But this time, I mean, you never want to, you always want to be hungry yes. for it. And so, like I had mentioned to you this morning, mm -hmm. I just had this new excitement, new curiosity yes. for um, starting to read starting from the, you know, Genesis, from the very mm -hmm. beginning of the Bible. And I was like, just reading, so I was e listening to it audibly. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I can't wait to take notes. <laughs> yes. I got to go back and take notes. So thank you so much for this. This is Marina Maria from Faith City Outreach. I am talking with Judah Montenegro, who is a published author an aerospace engineer, a public speaker, and an ordained minister. We are discussing his published book, The Science of Faith. Judah, what responses have you received so far about your book? Um, it's been a huge blessing. It's been something I never imagined. I never grew up, or I, when I was little, I didn't say, I want to write a book. So to write a book, it's, it's scary, first of all. And I want to encourage anyone that has an idea I want to encourage you to write a book. Write. God has called us to write, to just go out on faith, to do something. Well, I don't have money. God is going to provide creative ideas how to write this book with limited resources. That's how I did it. Um, I am not rich. I did not come from a rich family. I did not come from a wealthy, you know, a God's blessed us. And through our upbringing, we have learned to continue to grow. But the responses that I've gotten were... Judah, thank you so much for writing this book. Mind blown through hashtags. And um, they, they write me on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram. And they say, I, I love this book. Um, thank you. Um, I, I want to give this to my child. I want to encourage a parent, maybe that your child is smart. And he has questions, and he has scientific, and he's learning science, and and you're afraid that maybe the science is gonna, you know, take him away from his faith or take him away. I want to encourage that parent, that father, that mother, to to study and 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 let your child grow into their science, and grow into their math, and and maybe this book could help them just look at the Bible and theology with such another. Um, understanding and that their faith may grow deeper. Because I remember my father told me that 
education will do two things that you and you allow it to do two things well either it separates you more for the from god if you allow mm-hmm. it or it draws you closer but you said that word if you allow yes it. and we have that choice if mm-hmm. you go into a science book and say i'm going to look at this so i could my faith could die then you're proclaiming that already. Mm-hmm. You're cursing you're yourself. You're cursing. You're, you're, that's in your heart. Yep. And, and, you know, go ahead. God's given us the gift of beautiful free will. And if we choose to reject Christ, we choose to reject His truths, we choose to reject this un- beautiful understanding, then that's our choice. And God is such a perfect gentleman, He will never, ever force anyone to follow Him. So we choose, and I've chosen in my career and in my 31 years of living, I choose Christ. And I choose everything that I do to glorify Him and to increase my faith. So through my education, I've allowed and I've allowed this understandings to feed my faith. So I, I want to encourage someone out there, allow what you're doing to increase your faith, your career. Maybe you're studying something or you have a trade. How can God speak to you through that trade? How can God speak to you through that understanding? How can God give you more faith through what you do on a daily basis? And look at the world as a, as a, you know, as a lessons from God. And you, you go and you say, God, thank you so much for my flat tire. <laughs> or thank you, God, for you know, me making it paycheck to paycheck until now. But... I will look forward and I pray that I may no longer be in this situation. And, mm-hmm. and you speak things into existence exactly. through prayer and that supernatural understanding. And for what comes out of your mouth. Absolutely. I have a question. Yes. That just came up. That's okay. really touching my heart because you are an aerospace engineer. Mm-hmm. What would you tell those who are, who have a, who come from the field or have a field in mathematics mm-hmm or in science, who tend to, let's say, want to um, think always logically and have a hard time accepting the spiritual uh, dimensions or not even just dimensions, just God in general. Because Mm. I've had some conversations with people who are, let's say, who have who come from the mathematical field mm-hmm. or a science field. Yeah. And the argument, it always ends up being an argument. So I end up stopping and they always like, well, prove it. Mm-hmm. So what would you say? Because you come from that field. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say if they want to, it's because, okay. If a, they want to, yeah, right? It's always it, the will. A scientist, will. when true science, they go and they have an open mind. And they take facts for what it is. And they try very hard and it's very recommended not to have a bias. Mm-hmm. Because a, a real science, if they have a bias, that means that the data can be skewed or um, you know, their findings can be skewed mm-hmm. if there's a bias. Mm-hmm. But true scientists or a true thinker will go into something and look at facts and will look at what is and understand it for what it is. And I think if there's a, a logical thinker or if there is someone that is a thinker or a scientist or a physicist and they want to check it out, go into this understanding with an open mind and let allow for God to really reveal to you. 
Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Okay, that's kind of sometimes we speak Christianese, right? As mm-hmm. a Christian, we speak a lot of uh, I like to say like fluffy words, right? But this is it. You go into it and you look at at literature that's out there. I want to recommend a book besides the Science of Faith. <laughs> There's a book that I really have uh, dove into, and it's been a huge blessing to my life. It's called "I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be a Sign or to Be an Atheist." It says, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist. Um, it's such an amazing book. I recommend it. Check it out. It literally has facts, data. It has information, literature. It goes to the depths of every um, understanding. And I, that's a huge book I recommend. It's a beautiful book. It's amazing. It, it's on Amazon. You can catch it there. Just like you could capture the science of faith on Amazon also. Um, it, it's I, I want to encourage the logical thinker, the scientist, give it a chance. You know, go down, go into it with an open mind. Give it a shot. Try it. Try praying. I, I dare someone to try praying and see if God does not answer. Exactly. That's that's the key mm-hmm. is pray and ask God and Absolutely. just go with an open mind yeah. instead of always coming in and and not having an open mind to even listen. Yes. I had a friend that um, he gave me his testimony. I met him uh, while I was traveling in ministry. And he, he said he was an atheist for years. Atheist, atheist. And, and then little by little, he, they had been trying to you know, share the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and the faith. And he was just very hard. His heart was very hardened. And until finally he was in a really in a big, hard situation and in the middle of the night, I remember he said it was like midnight or something, and he was on this lonely road, and it was dark, it was night out, and he says, God, if this is you, if you are real, send a sign right now. And he prayed, he asked. He prayed, he asked. He was genuine in his mm-hmm. attempt to search for God. And God answered. And immediately he said that he got pulled over. <laughs> <laughs> the lights turned on behind him, and he was like, oh, man. And it was middle of the night. There was no cars. He got pulled over. The officer comes up, and he tells him, hey, you know what? I just pulled you over to let you know that God is real. Have a good night. Be blessed. Wow. And he Praise got back in Lord. his trooper vehicle and drove off, and he gave him a warning, basically. But this young man was so Look astonished. He was so amazed. He was so baffled that he, that's where he understood this thing is real. Oh, my gosh. That's How, beautiful. There was no car. He said, I didn't see that cop car. You know, I don't know. God could have used that officer to go and do this thing. And that's where I know. I, hearing stories like this. Or, Amen. Or just my beautiful. personal experiences. It, it's, it's, it's a truth. It's such a beautiful truth. And I, I uh, encourage the logical thinker or the scientist, the physicist, the educated individual to give it a chance. Let God um, hear your prayers. Yes, ask. Ask, absolutely. Judah, in your website, you stated that the Bible refers to deaths in this world that are hard to comprehend with our finite human intuition and natural way of thinking. Do you think humans would ever comprehend the spiritual depths of this world through the Bible? That that's such a good question and it's very loaded. It's very uh, I in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 it says God is faithful and he will not not let 
you be tempted beyond your ability or he will not, not give you more than you could handle. And that's where I think if we're ready for it, God will reveal to us. If we want to, if we diligently seek him, we will find him. If we knock on his door, he will open. If we ask, he will answer. If we come to the feet of Christ and we say, God, help me understand. God, help me. God will open up his understandings. In Job, it talks about God putting knowledge into the spirit, into the soul. Mm, that's beautiful. And that is beautiful. That mm. means that if we ask, God can reveal. God can open understanding. God uses instruments and individuals to help explain things like we've never seen them before. That's why we go to church, so that we could hear the revelation of God through our leaders, through our pastors, through our leaders, through the people that God uses. And, and, and that's it right there. God can give us if we choose and if we want and if we are diligent to research to study to be a student of the word and he rewards those who diligently seek absolutely yeah judah why is it so important to know that there are higher spiritual and mathematical dimensions that exist in the bible that you mention in your book the science of faith yes i it's very um important to understand that we have a human living we understand as humans but there's something more there's something deeper and the bible speaks of this mathematically proves that there's higher dimensions physics they go into dimensions and as i was mentioning earlier that the deeper you go into physics the less or the more um, the less black and white it is, the less yes and no, the yes, the le- the less um, it, it becomes more of probability and st- statistics. The deeper you go into physics and science and chemistry, it becomes such deep. And I, I feel like that's where um, it, it starts breaking down into a, a spiritual level and the spiritual depths of what reality really is. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. I think if you choose to accept this through faith, it becomes your evidence of the things unseen. If it becomes the evidence of the things that you are invisible. And um, it, so I, I recommend do your research, read, be diligent in, in trying to grow your faith. Yes, and then you will also find that everything God created. Mm. is a reflection of him yes absolute especially us god the bible says in genesis that we're made in his image yes and it's beautiful i i think there's so much diversity in humankind because everything that is good comes from above so there's so many different types of good which is the image of god god is good he is love and love if you start thinking about love you just start and try to understand it humanly you can't it's That's not, another dimension. It's a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, love is intangible. Mm-hmm. Now, and this is a, another <laughs> thing that I've learned uh, of like logical thinkers is that there's things in life that are non-tangible, but we consider them real. For example, love. You know, you, you see love, but can you really grab it? Could you measure in a flask? Could you, you know, measure the length, the depth? It's this untangible, but it's so real. Why? Because you can see the behaviors. Mm-hmm. You see these behaviors of love. 
which are evidence that love is real in the same way gravity, okay? So what is gravity? You could, according to science, you know, it's a force that pulls us down into the center of the earth. Um, but could you touch gravity? Could you reach out and put it in a jar? Could you, you know, grab it and put it in, in, in your <laughs> lunch bag? I don't know. <laughs> gravity is a, such an untangible, but it's so real. Why? Because we could see its behaviors. Mm -hmm. You could see the effects, the effects of gravity. The consequences, the yeah. The consequences, <laughs> the causes of love, the causes. the causes of gravity. In the same way, God. You can't measure him. You can't put him in a flask. You can't, you know, do experience with him. You cannot. But you could see the cause. You could see the effects. You and you see, can experience his agape love. Yes. That unconditional love. Absolutely. And that's why God uses us. That's mm -hmm. why he uses me. He uses Amen. you, Marina. He uses the, your pastors on Sundays. Because right. those are the effects. That is the behaviors of the, a real God. That they're our living God, our living God, that we can maybe not see with our human eyes, but through faith, faith. we can. Amen. And that's it right there. Amen. Judah, how can people purchase your book, The Science of Faith? So um, right now it's on Amazon. You could go to Amazon.com and it's in all parts of the world. Amazon.com. You could just type in The Science of Faith. And if you can't still find it, just type in Judah Montenegro. Uh, and then it'll pop up and it's right there um, go ahead and give it give it a, a try and check it out it, it's a real easy read although it talks about complicated that's another thing I've heard is that it, I, I try to break it down in the, in the real language in um, just day to day language and the book is a conversation me just chatting with you my just heart. like you and I right yeah, now yeah absolutely and, and um, so you can find it there or you can find my website it's um, Judah Mon dot com j-u-d-a-h-m-o-n dot com judamon dot com um, and uh, actually if you buy it, purchase it on my website uh, i'll sign it personally and i'll send it to your your living um so amazon or judamon.com thank you awesome and we also want to remind the readers that they before they read it that mm -hmm. they go to god that they yes. just pray and mm -hmm. ask him for understanding absolutely and actually that's um in the beginning of the book i start with a prayer oh that's beautiful that's wonderful <laughs> and I say, god open our minds and it, it's yes. nothing like i said before the, the 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 purpose of this book is not to rewrite a doctrine not to rewrite a new faith or not to do a, a new you know branch of the christian faith no absolutely not it's simply to stimulate our faith in god the one and only Jesus Christ, through our Lord, our Savior, um, the creator of everything, for us to stimulate our faith, to grow into faith, and to just look at how he is so real. And, and this, this whole church thing is so real. And to provide a new perspective of God yes. that has never been, let's say, revealed mm. or even talked about. Yes, absolutely. Amen. Thank you so much, Judah, for being on Faith City Outreach to share the science of faith, your published book that God has led you to write. Mm -hmm. May God continue to bless you and teach you 
or let's just say teach um, you how to continue to share his word creatively and in a unique way that will lead many people to Christ and inspire thirst in them to go to him and to pray for new eyes of understanding of him. Amen. Amen. Would you please uh, share what is in your heart with our listeners and, um, and then end in prayer for whatever the Holy Spirit is leading you to pray for. We have three minutes left. Absolutely. I want to encourage, the Bible says that those that hunger and thirst after righteousness will be blessed and they will be filled. So if we hunger and thirst after getting closer to God and His righteousness, God will not only fill us, He will bless us. And in Matthew 6.33, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all else shall be added. So let's continue to seek God. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 8, it says, But also for this reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith. And that's what I want to leave in your heart right there, that we need to be diligent to add to our faith. Whatever you do in this world, whatever you do as a, as a, your career, whatever you do on a daily basis, be diligent to add to your faith, add to your faith, virtue, add to your virtue, knowledge, to your knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to your brotherly kindness, add love. And if you have these things in your heart and they abound in you, you will never be barren or unfruitful. You will always be fruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let us be diligent. In uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, it says, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. I want to encourage someone to be diligent to make your call to make in first in Jude chapter 1 chapter verse 20 through 21 it says but you beloved building yourself up on your most holy faith i want to encourage someone to build yourself up don't always depend just on one once a week church on Sundays that is awesome we need to stay plugged in but build yourself up on Mondays Tuesdays Wednesdays Thursdays Fridays Saturdays build yourself up on your most holy faith praying the Holy Spirit verse 21 keeping yourself we need to keep ourselves keep yourself in the love of God looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. God Almighty, right now in these next 30 seconds, I pray, Jesus, a stimulation of faith, a renewing of energy, uh, some some sort of injection of our faith, God, that we may be able to persevere the darkest situation, a strength like never before in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you. We search for you. And you are the cause, the purpose of everything we do and that you may be the center of our life forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We will return next Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Coast time with another special guest the Lord has brought to Faith City Outreach. Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples, for great is his love toward us. 
and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Salmos 117 Alaban al Señor, naciones todas, pueblos todos, cántenle alabanzas. Grande es su amor por nosotros. La fielidad del Señor es eterna. Aleluya. Alabado sea el Señor. You have been listening to the Faith City Outreach with Marina Maria as she interviews Christian pastors and leaders to discuss scriptures and topics affecting the Christian community and to pray for the nations. If you need to contact Marina Maria, please email her at fcoprogram at gmail.com. The music used in this broadcast is provided courtesy of zapsplat.com. Until next time, Marina wants to remind you from Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.